The Montfail Muse, stories that connect. Hello and welcome back to The Montfail Muse. I am your host, Joe DeProspero. Uh, definitely not sitting at our studio in the Montfail office. I'm currently stationed in a makeshift office in my basement at home with the door closed. My three children are upstairs, hopefully distance learning. My wife tucked away in a bathroom or a closet, uh, anywhere she can in an attempt to escape the hustle and bustle of our very noisy household uh, so she doesn't get a dog barking or kids arguing in the background on our conference call. Uh, But truth be told, we have it pretty good. Many of us do uh, because we have jobs that allow us to be home and live this crazy life. We're all currently healthy and the doctors, store clerks, airline pilots, and a thousand other professions I'm not mentioning now, uh, they're not as fortunate as I am to be home. And I raise a glass to them in these unprecedented times and to everyone doing what they can to make life a little bit better for others. And I think you'd agree that inspiration and connecting with others is more essential now than it has ever been. So with that in mind, we welcome someone to the podcast today who brought a smile to my face during a time of stress and uncertainty. For today, we are joined by Human Resources Associate Director, Jill Speakerite. So I spoke with Jill about how a tragic accident inspired her to give back, the importance of being relentlessly determined, and why she wanted her young daughter to see her fall down, only to figuratively and literally get back up. Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Montville Muse. And as you just heard in the lead-in, uh, this is being recorded in unprecedented times in our country's and frankly the world's history. Um, I'm tucked away uh, right now in a makeshift office in my basement. My three children are upstairs, hopefully, uh, but not realistically doing the virtual assignments they're supposed to be doing. My wife uh, is on yet another conference call. Uh, my dog may bark at some point. Uh, it's absolutely chaotic here every day as we try to adapt to uh, to our new normal here, the quarantine situation due to the coronavirus. We're about in week three right now. So uh, for the first time in our podcast history, I am not sitting um, across the table in our Montville studio uh, with our guest, uh, but rather in our own home separately. And while that's uh, chaotic at times, our current situation, it's also led to some beautiful and unexpected moments uh, with our families. I'm sure many of you uh, would agree. So today I'm joined by Jill Speakerite. And uh, Jill, I'm sure you could relate to a lot of what I was just talking about. So how have you been coping with, with the new normal that's been forced upon us here? I can't agree with the uh, <laughs> with your sentiment any further than than you've taken it. I think that between having a seven year old who's trying to do work um, and having a, a workload that is actually more than usual, um, believe it or not, during this time, um, to having a husband who was considered an essential worker up until um, a couple days ago. He's an electrician in New York City, and they actually did not stop um, construction. So um, it was very chaotic the first two weeks, um, being the full-time mom, um, both doing the homeschooling teaching as well as the full-time job with the two dogs, um, something everyone, I think, can relate to. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, Jill. And I think... Uh to go back to what you're saying earlier is to put another way, there's always been kind of this blur between our careers and our home life for people who are, who are working parents or even people who are not. But I feel, especially now that line is completely erased. You know, I was uh, sitting at the table with my wife the other day and I thought nothing of saying, 
yeah, I'll, I'll make the edit for that episode at, you know, when the kids are asleep at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, because this all feels like one big full-time job being, uh, you know, being available for our, our careers and being available to homeschool our children. I, I saw somebody joke online the other day that, uh, you know, where do I submit my W-2 for being a teacher now? <laughs> because that's that's what we're tasked to do. And, and we frankly, we have to find uh, a way to make it work uh, any means possible, right? Absolutely. And and again, I um, completely agree with you. It's, you know, talking to, to people that I'm working with and, um, you know, when, when you ask for something by close of business, it's like, well, is that 11.59 tonight? Do I have until then? Because um, we are literally working until late at night because um, there's there's limited things that you can do otherwise. And um, why not try to get a little bit ahead of uh, ahead of the curve and make sure that you are catching up on work that you might not have been able to do previously? I know this is not, I'm not advocating working until midnight, but to your point, it's kind of like you're always on doing something now and you're always in the house. And um, I was thinking about this the other day with my husband. It's like, it's almost alarming and jarring to think about well when is this over when is it really going to be over um and what like when you take those first steps towards somebody when you're done practicing social distancing what is that going to feel like and um it's it's really bizarre yeah it absolutely is and you and i met in the exchange in montfell which now feels like an eternity ago which was really i think frankly a month ago and uh you were telling me your inspiring story about why you started to get into uh, biking, you know, because you hadn't in the past and then something inspired you to do that. Can you talk a little bit about that? So over 11 years ago, I lost my cousin in a tragic biking accident that occurred um, on his commute to work. Um, it was a Thursday morning, September 18th, 20. 20- or 2008, actually, and it was in the state of Washington. So once this bike ride actually takes place, um, it's been rescheduled to September 13th. It'll almost be 12 years to the day since um, since I'll have lost my cousin. Um, so over the last 11 years, I was just trying to fulfill this promise that I made to myself that I would do what I could to keep his legacy alive. Um, and one of the ways that I did that was by actively donating blood every single chance I had. Um, Colin helped to organize and run blood drives in, in high school and really believed in the cause and that blood donation could help save lives. And we all know that that um, is something that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the team that I'm riding with, um, believes in. So donating blood for me was kind of the private way that I was keeping him in my memory. But as the years have gone by and all these liters of blood have been sucked out of me, I couldn't help but think that there's got to be more. I have to be able to give more. So this year, in his memory, um, I'm taking on the challenge of uh, learning to ride a road bike and riding it for a cause that I know would be near and dear to his heart. So it's taking place in Lake Tahoe. It's called America's Most Beautiful Bike Ride. Um, He believed in challenging yourself, learning to do something new, and striving to do it well. Uh, So that is what I'm taking on and what's led me here today. Um, I guess kind of the interesting things 
that are really kind of making me stand out a little bit more in, in a sense is that I've never ridden a road bike in my life. Um, I've, I have a Peloton that I ride, uh, and it doesn't necessarily translate right to the road. Um, but I'm committed to training hard um, over the next now f four months. Um, I'm, I've chosen the top mileage you can ride, which is 100 miles. It's also called um, a century ride. And it just helps me to continue the journey to live a, a healthy, physically active life. And um, ultimately, I'm riding so that we can continue to support research and help save the lives of those with leukemia and lymphoma. Great. So you talked a little bit about uh, having a determined spirit and, uh, and how that's certainly important to uh, you know, overcoming adversity and doing something that you've never tried to do before, accomplishing something that you didn't think you possibly could when you started. Have you always been that way? And, and, and what were you like as a child? Did you have a determined spirit as a child too? Um, yes, very determined spirit. Um, I, you know, I really think it stemmed from my parents. They, they were both hardworking. My dad, gosh, it, sometimes he had three or four jobs at a time. Their work ethic was just unbelievable. Um, so I think I really had good role models in them. So, my dad actually told me when I started to do this ride, and he is by far my number one supporter in this entire thing. Every time I have a post up, he's the first one to comment or give me a, a text and, and say how proud he is of me. And he told me this story and reminded me about it, and so I thought I would share it. He, he took, I have a twin sister, and he took my twin and I to the park when we were, I want to say around five years old uh, in kindergarten. And we just had one goal that day. We wanted to take off our training wheels and leave the park riding on two wheels. So he let us go. Um, obviously, he was doing double duty, kind of holding one, and, and then uh, the other one was cheering, you know, I was cheering my sister on or she was cheering me on. Um, I fell and fell and fell and fell and fell over and over again in this park. My sister, a little bit more level-headedly, decided she had had enough practice after about an hour. Um, I, on the other hand, stayed until dusk, until I could ride home on two wheels. I was not giving up. Um, I must have been about two and a half hours later. I was completely bruised. I had, you know, snot and dry tears all over my face, but I was a bike rider, and I was so proud of that. So the very next day, this is kind of, kind of, I'm, I'm glad the school did this, but, you know, I went to school the next day, and, of course, a phone call was made home to discuss my bruises, which were extremely alarming to all my teachers. Yeah, I bet. All over my body. Um, so my parents just had to calmly explain, you know, my driven spirit and that I wouldn't give up practicing and that the bruising was a result of learning how to ride a bike. So, yeah, I do, I, I think that, you know, at five years old, I had this drive to achieve and to conquer new things and learn new skills from day one. And if I've always been told by, you know, every family member, friend that I've had that if I want something, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. Um, I typically am known to walk the talk. Let's take a minute to hear about an opportunity to connect on campus. Many in Montvale have asked how they can contribute to help COVID-19 relief efforts. The firm has launched a DRF, Disaster Relief Fund, campaign, which you might have read about on KPMG Today. 
and it offers an opportunity for employees and partners to donate to the COVID-19 relief effort. So simply navigate to our portal, and you're looking for the article titled, Doing What Matters When It Matters Most, a message from Lynn and Scott. Uh, if you don't see it on the main splash page, enter that title in the search field. And there's a link within that article to donate to the cause. Thank you in advance for helping the firm make a difference in these unprecedented times. So fast forward then to, you know, being an adult, you know, picking up, a, you know, a road bike for the first time. Did, did you have a similar experience? And what do you think your young daughter learned from that, from watching you fall and get up again, again and again and again? Yeah. So I had a very similar experience and it's hard to kind of describe it to someone who hasn't ridden a road bike where you have to clip into pedals. You know, I, I would tell my friends, oh, I fell like five times on the bike today and they're like, don't you know how to ride a bike? And I'm like, no, it's, it's so much more than that. It's so different. Um, they're not flat pedals that you just put your regular sneakers on and, and, and start riding. Of course I can ride that kind of bike. Um, but the road bike and for for reasons as far as having you know better cadence and the ability to make your legs move in a more aerodynamic and better way um, you actually have uh, cleats that you wear and you clip in once you clip into your bike there is an art to being able to clip out before you tumble over attached to your bike so, <laughs> so it's almost like skiing in a way yes <laughs> There is just in the beginning, um, you know, tell, I told my daughter, you know, I have I have a bike, like, let's go for a bike ride. Who Whose child doesn't want to hop on a bike and ride around the neighborhood with their parent? So um, knowing that there would be a possibility that I could fall and that she would see that and she's still on training wheels, I knew that I needed to kind of talk to myself, my inner self, about how I would deal with that situation so of course i fall um really bad <laughs> um at the ed end of our end of a dead end that's right around the corner from us and she sees me fall hit my head of course we're both wearing helmets i can't that's that's a podcast for another time but always wear a helmet um and i didn't even think twice about the pain that i felt and the tears in my coat and in my knees of, of the outfit that I was wearing, I just hopped right back up on that bike and got right back up. And it's going to sound really cliche, but it couldn't be more true. What I want to teach her is when you fall, you get right back up and you keep going. And it could be a fall because you can't understand a word in a book, or it could be a fall like happened that day where you literally fall physically off your bike and you get back up and you just keep going. Jill, I think you taught her, and it, this is a rare instance where you taught your daughter both a literal and figurative lesson at the same time. And yeah. she was, and I think that it's, 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 it's obviously important for us to tell our children uh, the way we expect them to behave in the world. But it's quite another thing to actually exhibit that behavior ourselves so they can see that you are, you know, walking the walk instead of just talking the talk. Yep, absolutely. And now, you know, she's, she's, it sounds weird. Um, I, I want her to be proud of me, right? And of course, I, as a, as a parent, my sole purpose 
in this world is to always champion her, always be proud of her, always tell her how much I love her. But it's there's something to be said about when I'm on that Peloton doing five hours in a row, no stops, and she comes in and asks how I'm doing, gives me a big thumbs up and says, you know, great job, mom, keep it, keep it up, keep going that I know that she's proud of me and I know I'm making an impact on her. She knows why I'm riding. She knows the that I'm training for Lake Tahoe and that I'm supporting an orga- organization that does more than we could ever do by ourselves. She's coming with us in September. So um, I think that's going to be really impactful for her too, to just see everyone in one space doing something for the better of humanity that she is never going to forget. She asks me every day, not every day, that's an exaggeration. She asks me at least once a week, um, how much longer till we go to Lake Tahoe? Um, so I can't wait for this ride um, to be ingrained in her memory. I think that's great, Jill, because it's one thing for her to see the struggle and see you uh, fall and uh, to see you keep getting up. But it's another thing for her to see the culmination of all that hard work, for her to be able to see with her own eyes that, yes, I go through all of these hardships, all this adversity, she gets to see the fruits of your labor in person. And like you said, I think it's so important for, uh, for our children, yes, for us to be champions of them, but for them to then turn, uh, you know, turn around and be champions for us because that teaches them how to be champions for others as, uh, as they grow older. Though I think that's a really important lesson. That's very well put, Joe. (laughs) I know why you do what you do. Yes. That's you said it so succinctly and so perfectly. Thank you. So I, I wish you obviously the best of luck, and I, I'm happy for you that now you have, uh, again, blessing in disguise uh, in this regard, that you have the extra months now to train for this marathon, and uh, I can't wait to see pictures and footage of this. But now it's time for our lightning round. So I'm not sure if you've heard the podcast before, but we have uh, seven questions with five seconds to answer each one. So the first question always is, are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. Favorite thing about being quarantined in your home? Pajamas all day. Perfect. Your least favorite thing about quarantined in your home? Just not being able to see friends, not being able to to go shopping. Am I allowed to say that? I realize it's kind of essential for my mental health. (laughs) No, it's your lightning round. You got to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, just friends, get togethers and, um, and, mental health breaks at Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're all home. Uh, a lot of us watching a lot of TV. What, who's your favorite TV character of all time? Uh, my favorite TV character of all time. Um, let's see. This is, I'm going to get real flack for this because it's not even a TV character, but I'm just going to go with Pat Sajak. I He's love the that best. man. And he doesn't age and he just rolls with the punches he is the most wittiest person that i um <laughs> have ever have ever had the chance to see on tv i don't know i i i love him and he has created a character for himself so i'm going to go with pat sajak and just feel the wrath after that answer no there is no wrath he's actually tremendous and, and brilliant on twitter if you uh if you subscribe there ah i don't shame on me okay a food you consider a necessity to have in your house? Um, well, I guess it's not a food, but I'm, I am a sucker for red wine. <laughs> that counts. That qualifies in the food category. Montfail person or people you miss most during the quarantine? 
Oh, um, well, we can't go without saying May um, because she is a constant face and happy disposition that we I'm sure we all miss seeing every day. For sure. Um, and then I, I have to I have to say my new team, um, which I've joined relatively recently. So Heather Cohn and and Lauren, uh, love it, Tully. Miss you guys. Yep, I'm sure they miss you too. Favorite board game? Um, my favorite board game is it's probably Sorry. I just played that yesterday with my kids. They've evolved the game a little bit, but it's still fun. Has a lot of legs. Yes. <laughs> okay, so last question. What's the first thing you're going to do once you're able to get out into the real world again? Uh, well, my husband and I just decided this last night. Um, we were listening to the Frozen soundtrack, and um, I will be authentic here and say we were not um, listening to it with my daughter. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, we were just having a moment of playing songs and trying to guess what um, what Disney movie they came from. And no, we're, we're not even Disney fanatics, so I don't know how it spiraled into this. But... Um, the song and it's going to escape me now and i wish i could call him in here to ask what it was um oh for the first time in forever okay. i'm sure everyone who has kids knows this song a million times yes okay play it and imagine yourself walking out into the world and just having that soundtrack i i'm literally talking about like i will be blasting it on my iphone and approaching people um, as if the gates of Arendelle have now opened up. <laughs> Jill, I want to take you one step further. I want to hear you sing that song. I, w I want to hear you be Anna. Oh, oh really? That'd be great. I mean, I, th I think honestly, by the time we're finally out, you're going to want to sing it yourself. Jill, uh, it's been so much fun to connect with you and uh, to have some connection with the outside world, as I'm sure you'd probably agree. Uh, your story is is so inspiring to hear for us. It's inspiring to, for me to hear as a father, you know, as I'm, as I'm trying to be a champion for my children, hoping that they ultimately turn around and become champions for others. Uh, you're resilient, you're determined, and I think now more than ever, uh, we need some of that in our lives. So be happy, be safe, and thanks for joining us on The Muse. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to our campus podcast series, The Montvale Muse. To nominate yourself for a colleague to be a guest on the show, feel free to contact me directly either via email at jdeprospero at kpmg.com or simply stop me in the hall. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.